John Mahoney, Andrew Wilder. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Good to be My here. My pleasure. Uh, this is uh, going to be a great conversation, and I'll, I'll tease it a little bit, uh, but you're both with Torque and Mains. You are official law firm of the business of cannabis, and we're going to talk today about a piece that just posted that you guys wrote on the business of cannabis website. Um, it is about mergers and acquisitions in the cannabis retail part of the sector. Before we get to that, with you, John, talking about sort of how these things can happen, Andrew, I want to go to you because you've seen, um, in Ontario specifically, Lottery one, lottery two, more open allocation, COVID mixed into all of that with you can do this, then you can't do this. It has been a wild ride for cannabis retailers in Ontario, has it not? Yeah, you know, uh, what a crazy sector to decide to get into because there's no roadmap. It, it, things seem to change every day, every week, every month. And it's really, really difficult to prepare and be successful with ever-changing environment around you and regulatory around you. It, and it is, and which is why I think this piece that we just posted is very timely. Uh, because as we've seen in Ontario, uh, certainly in downtown Toronto, um, the number of retailers in Toronto or in Ontario is going up exponentially, almost. Even though it's been a long road to get here, now there's more and more and more. And whenever there is this sort of massive ramp up basically from 25 and then close to 50 to like a lot more. The question of what is the right mix of stores in the right place at the right time, which generally opens up the conversation which we're talking about now is like, what does consolidation look like or what could it look like? And John, I wanna to go to you because you laid out in the piece, there's really two main types of transactions that this could go or ways that could go. Do you wanna talk through what those two sort of main transaction types are and we can sort of go from there? Absolutely. So. Um... As I said in the piece, and as you'll read, uh, the, the, the two main types of transactions, just generally in the corporate space, and therefore in this uh, specific consideration or, or branch of the corporate space, would be share transactions and asset transactions. A share transaction is when a purchaser uh, purchases the company, purchases all the shares of the company, and therefore uh, at the close of the transaction would own the company and all the debts, liabilities, benefits, downsides to owning that company. Um, the other way to structure a, a transaction would be as an asset transaction, uh, which is where a purchaser picks and chooses what assets of the company it wants to buy. It can buy contracts, it can buy goodwill, intellectual property, uh, you know, accounts receivable, things like that, but it doesn't buy the company itself. It just picks and chooses what um, benefits and liabilities it chooses to acquire. So those are really the two main ways a corporate transaction in general can be approached. And, and that's like in general business practice in the corporate realm, those are the two main ways that can happen. What are the special overlays atop that, that we can expect in the cannabis space that's heavily regulated, that's governed by a number of different sort of levels of government regulations and, and, and security clearances, all kinds of uh, the lease agreements that they have. Like what, what do people need to be thinking about as they look to this brave new world, whether they want to be the M or the A in the M&A conversation. Right. So um, when looking uh, at a, a, a corporate transaction in the cannabis space, it's all about uh, regulatory approval of the operating entity. Um, and the AGCO, AGCO, the Alcohol and uh, Gaming Commission of Ontario, um, they get to say or get to approve um, who operates or what operates a cannabis retail store in Ontario. Um, in moving forward with the share transaction, an actual corporation is being purchased. That corporation that's being purchased, if it operates a cannabis retail store, is licensed. So there's 
no new license being issued, but what the AGCO uh, would come in and do is approve the, the new share structure or the share structure or ownership structure that would exist post-closing. So there would be new directors and officers and shareholders behind the entity that's licensed to sell recreational cannabis. And that's where the regulation comes in, uh, in that type of transaction. They would say, or they being the AGCO, would determine whether or not the new ownership structure meets the requirements set by the AGCO and whether or not they'll approve that structure. Similarly, in an asset deal, you're not uh, buying a corporation, you're buying its assets, and you're buying essentially, we expect in most cases, the right to operate a store. So what the proposed buyer would have to do is actually apply for a retail operator's license and a retail store authorization, almost as if, as if they were coming into the industry fresh off the street, so to speak. Um, so they would go through the typical uh, application process that everyone uh, has gone through in order to open up a cannabis retail store. And then the transaction could proceed to close once the purchaser uh, has been issued the licenses by the AGCO. It's, it's not going to be an easy process for anybody involved. It doesn't sound like, uh, but Andrew, I want to go to you because part of this is the landscape upon which or within which people are operating. And that is, um, it was a, it was a great business to be in if you won the first lottery. It was a really good business to be in if you won the second lottery. Moving forward, we know the AGCO is going to approve more and more stores. They ramped it up last month from being five a week to 10 a week, basically doubling the number of stores that they're going to authorize in any given week or month. Therefore, the landscape becomes much, much different than it has been. But from your perspective, from a sort of understanding the sector really well, like, how do you think this, in the mindset of a, a retailer or would-be retailer, how do you think they're looking at this in, in the sort of grand scheme of things as they get ready to ramp up? And, and do you think we'll see many, many more of these transactions coming up? Well, look, I look at it as an opportunity, and I look at it as an opportunity at both sides. So you've got the small... Um, mom and pop who is excited to open this up, who's, you know, invested a lot of money, who's, who's filed their application, who meets the eligibility criteria, and may already have a retail operator's license, which is your first step. The challenge that they have is to apply to get your retail store authorization, you need to give evidence of ownership. So either own the property that you're going to operate in, or you have a lease. And, you know, most landlords, it is a landlord's market still in the cannabis space. Most landlords are requiring all sorts of security deposits, all sorts of rent before you're even operating. And the challenge, the environment that we're in now is because the queue has gotten so large with the AGCO, notwithstanding the fact that they are approving licenses so much faster, there's still a long queue. So, so what do you do? You're building out a store, you're paying rent, but you have no ability to earn income. Um, that's a serious problem. And it's also an opportunity because what we're seeing is other retailers who have a bigger footprint across Canada calling us and saying, do you know anybody who's in this space? You know, we're interested in picking up leases. We're interested in perhaps buying somebody that has an ROL that has a CRSA that's high up in the queue. It, it's, it's reminiscent of when we started doing, you know, processing licenses under the Health Canada. Where, Pete, where there was a race to get in the queue, and then people were buying people's interest in the queue. So I see it as a really exciting time. Um, there still seems to be uh, uh, enough support and interest to grow it in Ontario and across Canada. I don't think we're anywhere close to saturation. That being said, the, the competitive landscape is really changing and, and it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, is there any, John, I'm going to go to you. Is there any indication of sort of 
the, the time horizon on this type of transaction that the AGCO would give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Like I come to you, I want to sell my retail operation. I have, a, I have a willing buyer that has, you know, maybe other stores in other places. And now I need the, the last thing I need, or one of the things I need to make the thing happen is the AGCO to say that looks good or that doesn't look good. Is there any kind of time? I mean, we talk about timelines a lot for, you know, retail operator licenses and RSAs and all those things, but like, is there a set timeline where the AGCO has said, if you come to us, we will say yay or nay, or is that like up in the, another thing that's up in the air? I think, um, you know, from, from our experience, it really is up in the air and it's really difficult to predict uh, exactly how long the AGCO would take to provide feedback or to ultimately approve uh, a transaction. Um, one thing that we do know is that the, the more simplistic and the more simple the purchaser structure is, the quicker generally the AGCO uh, can complete its diligent process and then ultimately approve a transaction. And by the simplicity of a structure, um, by way of an example, if the purchaser is a single sole proprietor, a single person, or a holding company that has one officer, shareholder, director, or a single person, the diligence that the AGCO would have to conduct on that purchaser is very minimal. You have to look at one individual and their background and, and perhaps a corporation that's only existed for a short period of time. However, if the purchaser purchasing entity is a massively complex corporation with many uh, levels of holding corporations and many, many individuals involved at different levels and in different capacities, the AGCO is going to go through the diligence process on each and every corporation and individual involved in the purchaser structure, um, which will you know, take much, much longer. Um, so you know, while it's unpredictable to say exactly how long the process will take, I think a, a good general rule is that the simpler the purchaser structure and the less individuals and corporations involved in the purchaser structure, the quicker the process will take. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, I want to go to you uh, for, for one last piece, sort of broad perspective looking forward. Do you think a year from now we're sitting in mid-September, late September 2021, we will have, we'll certainly have more retail shops of cannabis shops in Ontario. Do you think we will have seen a massive consolidation of the number, the types of brands that are actually running them? I guess that's part of the question. Or will we be midpoint through this sort of consolidation where mom and pops perhaps are getting sort of bought or, um, you know, bigger footprints are saying, you know what, we actually don't need to go through that mom and pop operation anymore. We can actually just find our own leases, open up more stores because the processes actually develop more. Or is it too soon to tell? I guess those are the Right. So to be honest with you, I think it's too soon to tell. And the reason why I say that is, is there are hundreds and hundreds of people in the queue, people who are looking to open up cannabis stores. And if you look at that, you go through that queue and you look at the people, many, 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 many of them are unidentifiable. They're not related to large brands. And it's true, a large brand, once you have your ROL, you can just continue to keep applying for RSAs subject to the caps that are out there. That being said, they often have franchise models, so they're looking for new people. Um, and to open up a cannabis retail store, you know, in the grand scheme of things, is not so expensive. You have to pay your application fees, you have to get a lease, you have to build out a store, you have to buy cannabis, you have to hire people. It's a small business for one store. So I suspect many of the people in the queue who are smaller, that still is their aspiration. And you know, if their bank account can hold out long enough, then they're gonna try to open up and, and, and run a cannabis operating store. But who will know? Like it really depends on timing. And it's not as though if you have an existing store and you're applying for a new store, you really have priority over anyone existing. The advantages that you have is that due diligence has already been done 
um, by the AGCO against you to see that you meet the eligibility criteria in the Cannabis License Act and the register standards. So that's your advantage. That being said, timing is a real problem. And we work with many retailers who are very frustrated with the timing, who expect it to be open, who aren't open. And it's really a challenge. So to tell you what it's gonna look like a year from now ago, I don't know, there's gonna be a lot more stores open. Um, and I think that brands will start to take more and more over, but there's for sure will be a place out there for the small independent guy. Yeah. It, my wife, we have this running joke that when we see a new shop that puts up a sign, it says coming soon. She's like, there's no way that they should just remove the soon. It's like, it's, it, we're coming on a time horizon that is methodical and unpredictable. That would be a better sign. For sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, John Mahoney and, and Andrew Wadler, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thanks for the piece that's posted on businessofcannabis.ca. It's super helpful to sort of frame the conversation as we look to the sort of the next year, really, as more opens up in Ontario. But thanks for your time. Thanks for your writing. We'll check in with you guys down the road. Thank you. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Bye, Jay. Bye, Jay. <laughs>